0: Well, it's a great honor for me to preach this gospel to you. I pray that we would walk out of here today with a, with a great knowledge of what it cost us to be here. And I, I think it's easy for you to understand that you didn't do it. He did it for you. He's good. And God had to pour his wrath on him for you. But because he did, there's none on you. And we're going to talk about his death, his burial, and resurrection today, and I pray that you leave here with a greater understanding of what happened, and it encourages you to draw near to God. So if you would, get your Bible and go out to the book of Luke, the book of Luke chapter 16, and we're going to start off with the story of the rich man. I do this pretty much every year. Um, I never tire of preaching it. And I want to stop and give you a little bit of history of of where it came from and why. November 16, 1975, I walked an aisle and got born again and gave my heart to Jesus. I was raised in a Baptist church where I went Easter and Christmas. I was not a Christian. I didn't didn't really understand what being a Christian was. I didn't get saved in that church. They didn't give altar calls. Um, Through it all, I, I grew up and became a hippie. Um, got my childhood sweetheart pregnant, and um, by the time I was 22 years of age, I was living in hell on earth. Couldn't get a job, sick as a dog. My mother, through mercy, drugged me to a crusade, which I didn't want to go to. I was going to penny beer night that night. And I thought my mother was a one-way ticket to have some good old beer. Well, what I wasn't ready for was when I walked in that crusade that day, that man got up and preached and said something I never heard before, that God loved me. I did not know that. I watched God heal people, and the little boy got healed that was deaf and dumb. And then as a sinner, I knew that boy was not faking. God healed him. Well, I made the mistake that day. It was not a mistake. I thought it was a mistake of going, well, God, if you healed that boy, you heal me. Well, when I did, I had an encounter with the devil. You understand that if he heals you, you got to stand up. And I don't want to stand up and be embarrassed in front of everybody until the Lord spoke to me. I didn't know it was the Lord. And he said, you're the weirdest dude in this whole building. You have hair to your shoulders, a beard to your belly, and blue jeans with holes in the knees. And I was the one that set that standard 45 years ago. (laughs) But that's because it was the only pair of pants I owned. He said, since when did you start worrying about what people think about you? I said, well, I don't. He said, don't worry about this crowd. I bowed my head again and said, God, if you heal me. I'll go up and give my heart to Jesus. So help me, God, the preacher stopped preaching and pointed at me in a crowd of 5,000 people and said, thus says the Lord, a young man, had told everybody in the building what I just prayed. And I got, that was none of their business. You understand, I'm a sinner. I don't know any better. I was like, there's no reason for him to stand up and tell everybody what I just said to God. And then my lightning fast mind figured out maybe God told him. And I jumped up, and I shouted, praise God, and the power of God hit me at the top of my head. Every dope devil in me came flying out of me, and I ran forward and got got born again. And then I went home that night to roll a joint to celebrate being born again, celebrate Christianity. And in the bedroom that night, rolling a number, the Lord, the same guy that spoke to me in the crusade, said, you don't need that. And I looked around my bedroom, and I said, now, who said that? I have no idea what's going on. He said, it's me, Jesus. And I said, where are you? He said, I'm in you. I said, what are you doing in there? (laughs) He said, well, you asked me in. I said, I kind of do remember that at the crusade, praying and asking you to come in. He said, you don't need that. Put that dope down. Put the playboys down. Put the rock music down. Get your Bible. Come on, I got work for you. November 16th, 1975. But I had a problem. I knew nothing. I'm telling you, I went to church, and church people scared me. They're weird people. They lift their hands. They jump around. You know, we did that in the bars, but that was normal. I walked out under a tree, and I said, God, who in the world is right? And he began to teach me the Word of God. Through that, the Lord began to talk to me about what happened. Now, I was raised in a church that preached. Come to Jesus, be forgiven, and go to heaven. That's a piece of truth. In my soul, I'm only a forgiven sinner. And you better not screw up. And so, though I was born again, I was still a little terrified. I'm going to change the way I'm doing this right now. John, so one day, sitting in my house, I'm praying and asking God, and he took me, said, I want you to, well, let me back up a minute. I had prayed and said, God, show me what happened to me. What happened to me? And the Spirit of God came on me in my house, and he quoted John three sixteen through 21. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Now, let's look at that word a minute. I'm going to slow down for you. Everyone lives forever. I want you all to know that. Everybody who's ever lived on this planet is somewhere. Everlasting life does not mean you live forever. It's the life of God. Now, you want to live forever full of God, not live forever without him, okay? So God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have his own the life of God. Look at the next one. God didn't send his son to the world to damn the world. That word con is with, and the word dim is damn. He did not send Jesus to damn you, but that you might be saved. Let's go on. And he who believes in him is not damned, and he who does not believe is damned when? So let me say something to you. The whole earth around you, the non-born-again Christians are damned. Now, I can prove it to you. You wake up in the morning, damn dog, damn cat, damn that, damn that. They do. I'm not cussing. It's a state of the fact that they are without God. Now, I want you to think about this. God has a problem. God is a righteous God. He demands holiness. But everyone has sinned. He is love, he loves you, but he can't tolerate the condition you're in. Now, let's also look at this and, and understand this, that the whole earth has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. What, now, you're, now, now you, people don't go to hell for sinning. Now, I'm going to blow your mind a minute. You don't, you're not, people don't go to hell for smoking dope and chasing wild women or wild men or whatever the heck they chase. Because you were dead in sin. You being dead, you can't become a better dead person. This is why all religions in the world don't work. It's why Judaism doesn't work. It's the reason that Muslims don't work. It's the reason reason Buddha doesn't work. Because you can't take a spiritually dead man in sin and make him righteous because you decided to be good one day. The Bible says you're dead in sin. Now, God's got a problem because he's got a whole earth full of people who are dead, but he also loves you. So what's he going to do to fix it? Every man born in this earth was born in Adam. That means you were born in sin. You could literally look at God and go, hey, my fault, man. And you'd be right. But if man doesn't go to hell for sin, then why does he go to hell? He that believes is not damned, and he that's not believed is damned because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Let's read the rest of it. This is the damnation. Light came in the world, and men loved darkness rather than light. Let me tell you something about sinners. We may have a few in here. You already know right from wrong. You're not ignorant. You see, you running around when people do something, you go, you stole. The problem is you steal. Now think about this. Somebody lies to you, you go, no, you lied to me. The problem is you lie. Every time you point the finger at someone, you damned yourself. So you stand before God guilty, not from someone else, your own mouth. So if we know this, the only reason you sin is you want to. So then what is a Christian? If Jesus died on the cross for you, if he went to the cross in your place and he paid your debt, man doesn't go to hell for sinning, goes to hell for rejecting Jesus. Amen. That's a powerful, powerful truth. Now, I, this is what God began to teach me because I lived in condemnation that I'm a forgiven sinner and I better not mess up. Well, I'm not a forgiven sinner. I'm a brand new creation in Christ. Old things have passed away. Everything has become new and he's made me the very righteousness of God, but I didn't know it. Satan took advantage of me because of what I didn't know. So once he told me this, once I learned what a Christian really is, a Christian is a man who's been born again of the Spirit of God. So that day, that day in the crusade, I was dead in sin, and yet I confessed Jesus, and life came into my spirit, and bam, I'm made new. I didn't realize how easy it was. Now look at Luke 16. The next thing that happened to me was I was going to Bible school, and one day, I'd made a vow to God that I would read and study my Bible and prepare for ministry, and I I kept my word, and, and I went in every day and got in my Bible and studied all my lessons. But one Friday, it was beautiful outside, and I asked God to excuse me because Che's outside riding her bicycle and Ashley's outside riding her bicycle and, and Tom Copeland's daughters who live next door, they were out riding their bicycles. And I said, God, let me just go outside, spend some afternoon with my family. And, and I felt like the Lord said, okay. So Friday, I didn't study and, and I went out and I sat on the porch and enjoyed the neighborhood. We cooked some stuff on the grill. Well, Saturday morning comes and about 8 o'clock, the Lord wakes me up and says, come on, sleepyhead, let's go. And I kind of said, can we wait a while? I mean, I was kind of enjoying my sleep. And I fell asleep again. I went back to sleep. God said, that's fine. 10 o'clock. I remember it like yesterday. He woke me up again and said, well, you ready for the word? I got out of my bed, so help me God. I stood at the edge of my bed and I said to God, and I know that none of y'all have ever done this. I don't feel like reading my Bible. I don't feel like praying. I feel like going back outside again. Now, it doesn't mean I'm wicked. It just means I really just don't feel like it. And I said, God, would you do me a favor? Help me. Help me to want to read. Now, now, what he's doing is he's going to teach me something that I didn't know. In, inside of my belly, I began to roll and rumble, almost like I'm going to throw up. But it wasn't a, 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 a it, was, it was like a, ha, 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 ha. it was a happy sick, if you could understand. My belly just kind of, and all of a sudden I felt what was in me coming up. And I, all of a sudden, it came out of my mouth and it, it felt like water coming out of my mouth. I felt it hitting the back of my teeth. And filled my house with the glory of God. And, and the Bible says, out of your belly will flow rivers of, rivers of living water. From 10 o'clock to 2 o'clock, the Spirit of God taught me what I know today. Revelation knowledge. I'm standing in my room, and, and I'm getting drunk in the Spirit. I said, you know, that feels like water. And he said, and he asked me a question. Have you ever read the story of the rich man in hell? I said, yes. I said, he wanted, I heard people in hell want ice water. And he said, if you were in hell, what would you want? I said, well, I'd want out. You get one request, don't get a glass of water, get out. (laughs) I'm going to read this story to you in Luke 16, 19 that he's quoting to me. There was a certain rich man clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. There was a certain beggar named Lazarus full of sores who was laid at the gate and desiring to be fed with the crumbs that fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. So as was the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man died and was buried. And being tormented in hell, he lifted his eyes and saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. I'm tormented in this flame. Now I want you to think about this for a minute. In John the fourth chapter, Jesus is in in Samaria and he comes up to a woman at the well. Women don't go to the well alone unless you're a female outcast. She had been married so many times, and now she was not. She was divorced and living with a man, and even the people of the city, even the women wouldn't run around with her. They would not hang with her. That's the kind of people Jesus came to find. Sat down at the well, and he said, would you give me a drink of water, H2O? And she said, you you know, and she gets into this dialogue with the Lord, and he said, if you'd have asked me, I'd have given you living water. What is he talking about? He's talking about eternal life. I would have given you living water that would be a well in you springing up into Zoe, everlasting life. So the water that he's talking about there is the fact that, that life. So the rich man, it's John, in Luke 16 here, dip his finger in water and cool my tongue. What would happen if he put a drop of life of God on his tongue? He'd have come out. He'd have been born again. But see, in hell, he knew it. So the Lord spoke to me, and he began to teach me something about what happened down in the hell that day. He said, do you understand that when Jesus walked the earth, now let's back up a minute, and let's talk about what happened at Christmas And it's been a long time, but some of y'all only go to church Christmas and Easter. At least you know two stories in the Bible, and because of that, I can help you today. What happened at Christmas? Because God, in this earth today, every man has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every man is dead in sin. And God so loved the world that the only way for him to redeem man is to become man. He did not walk the earth as God. He didn't do miracles to prove he was God. He walked the earth. He left all deity behind and walked the earth as a man. Because it had to be. been, it was a man that got us in the mess, is going to be a man that gets us out. Now, because of that, when he was born of Mary, God was his daddy. The blood in his veins is not Adam's. The blood in his veins is God's. That makes him the Son of God. Well, we read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We see Jesus walking and having compassion on people because he loves people. And then when it came time for him to go to the cross, you need to understand that the Jews thought Messiah would deliver them from Rome. Now, let's 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 talk about America. Let's talk about the world right now. If you're paying attention. Syria is bombing Israel right now. Iran has a nuke right now. In the Golan, they're bombing. The Ezekiel 38 war is coming soon. The beginning of the seven years is happening soon. And you need to get in church because you need to start getting ready for the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Jews are still waiting on a Messiah to deliver them from Iran and Iraq and their physical enemies. But Messiah didn't need to come and redeem man from physical enemies because physical enemies has never been the problem. Let me say this to you. Your problems are not your circumstances. If you're born again, made the righteousness of God and in fellowship with God to where you can go in the throne room anytime you want to, you don't have any problems. But as long as you think you're going to fix your life, God's going to let you try. That's why you're in a mess. I will do it. No, you won't. There's two kinds of people on the earth, those who submit to God and those who think I will. Man today worships man. Christians worship God. Christians know, without him, I can do nothing. You can't save yourself, you can't heal yourself, you can't deliver yourself, and you cannot make your life better. So if you submit to God, he'll start working, and then he gets the glory and not you. Thank you for your goodness. Hallelujah. So Jesus Jesus has to go to the cross now, the, the, the disciples did not understand that. He kept talking about when I die. And they said, well, you're not going to die. We're going to go whip Rome. But yet, the Bible says in the, in the book of Deuteronomy, he who hangs on a cross is cursed of God. And when he got nailed to the cross, they walked away and went, we thought he was the Messiah. He got cursed of God. He got nailed to a cross. But what you and I need to understand, he did not die on the cross for himself. He died on that cross in your place. I'm going to say this again. Nobody goes to hell for sinning. Nobody. You're sitting here today and going, I'm worried about going there. You ain't going. As long as you understand that if Jesus is Lord of your life, You can walk into hell and walk out and leave. So Jesus has to die on the cross. Now, I'm going to go to Isaiah 53. I want to read this to you. I'm I'm trying to to do catch up for everything some of y'all missed for a solid 10 years of your life. But I'm going to. You know, being a hippie, I got so hungry, I'm like, teach me this. Why is all this in a Bible and no one ever told me? Oh, I was so mad at the church. Every Sunday, give me a success principle. I don't want a success principle. Teach me this. And God did. He taught me this. That day in my house, he taught me out of my belly, out of my belly flow rivers of living water. I have eternal life. Isaiah 53, it starts off with one. Who will believe our report? Whom the arm of the Lord have been revealed? He, Jesus, grows up as a tender plant, root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness that when we see him, there's no beauty. He's, in other words, he wouldn't have made DQ. I'm sorry, he just wouldn't have done it. He was despised and rejected of man A man of saw is acquainted with grief. We hid, as it were, our faces from him. He's despised, and we did not esteem him. Surely, he bore our griefs. He carried our sorrows. I, we all esteemed that he was stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. He was wounded for my transgression. He was bruised for my iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was on him, and by his stripes we are healed. All of us like sheep have gone astray and turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord laid on him, Jesus, the iniquity of us all. Now, if God laid it on him, why are you running around worried about it? The blood did it all. The blood, God's blood was enough and the only thing that could pay your debt. So when you're having problems with the devil and he comes to you and accuses you of wrong, here's the answer. I plead the blood. You can't say I plead innocent because you're not innocent. You can't say I plead guilty. That damns your soul to hell. You can't do either one. So how do you plead in a court of law? I plead the blood. Now, if God is your father and Jesus is your lawyer and it's his blood, I guarantee you, you're going to win that case. Say, I plead the blood. That's how we overcome all the wiles of the enemy, the blood of Jesus. Now, let me read another one to you here. He was oppressed, he afflicted; he didn't open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and a sheep before his shearers. He was silent. He didn't even open his mouth. He was taken from prison and judgment. Who will declare his generation? We will. He was cut off in the land of the living for the transgression of my people. He was stricken, and he made his grave with the wicked, and in the rich in his death. He had done no violence, nor was there ever deceit in his mouth. But it pleased the Lord to bruise him, and put him, and put him to grief. And you shall. Make Make his soul an offering for sin. He will see his seed, that's us, and prolong his days. The pleasure of the Lord will prosper in his hand. He will see the labor of his soul and he'll be satisfied. For by my knowledge, my righteous servant shall justify many. He will bear their iniquities. Now, on the cross that day, Jesus bore your sin. He took it. Now, understand this Jesus died that day and went to hell. A lot of people don't believe that. You've never heard it. And if you Google it, they'll tell you the opposite of what I just said. The Bible said that Jesus, him who knew no sin, became sin. Do you understand that God did not put sin on his flesh? He put sin in his spirit. That means he became sin. And he damned him. God turned his back on That's why it went dark. That was what Jesus in the garden was weeping and going, I don't want to do. And it went to hell. And for three days and three nights, he's suffering in the pit of hell. And when God said, it is enough, it is enough. When Jesus paid the debt and it was paid in full, because Jesus had done no sin, He's the only man to ever walk the earth and never sin. God says to Satan, why do you have my son? I know why you have David. I know why you have Moses. I know why you have everyone else, but why do you have my son? And Satan had to turn him loose, and Jesus became the first man to ever be born again. And the Spirit of God went into the region of the damned, and raised Jesus from spiritual death and then physical. Now, hell is the absence of God, and hell can't hold a man full of God. And so Jesus came flying out of hell like a rubber ball off the bottom of the ocean, grabbed his body and walked up to his disciples and said, Good news. I've paid your debt. Now, I want you to look at Romans 4. On the screen. He was delivered up because of our sin, not his. And he was raised because of our what? Justification. When God accept the, the resurrection of the dead is proof that God accepted Jesus' his sacrifice. The resurrection is proof he accepted you as you are. Resurrection is proof he accepted you. When he was made righteous in the region of the damned, you understand he's the only man on the earth alive. And then he walked up to his disciples and breathed and said, receive eternal life. And because the sin issue is gone, those men were born again. Boom, life in them, life in them, life in them, life in them, life in them. And on the day of Pentecost, 3,000 people received eternal life and were born again. That's what happened to you. Now, I'm going to make a statement here. This is going to kind of hair lip bear Creek a little bit. Easter's not just about Jesus dying on the cross and rising from the dead. Easter's about you dying on the cross and rising from the dead. And see, you'll never die again you'll never die again. Because he's made you, he gave you his righteousness. You don't have a righteousness of your own. It was given to you and I as a gift to everyone who confesses Jesus as Lord. All right, you ready? Let's go to... I'm not done with you yet. I only get you some of y'all once a year. I'm going to take advantage of this. I'm not turning you loose until I'm finished. (laughs) No, some of you will be back. Go to Matthew 12. And some of the the scribes and Pharisees answered, said, Teacher, we want to see a sign from you. They're still trying to figure out if he's the Messiah. I mean, it doesn't matter that you walk on water, raise the dead, and heal the sick. We want to see a sign. And I'm going, he's already got billboards out there. I mean, what in the world are y'all looking for? So he says to them, an evil and adulterous generation seeks a sign. No sign will be given except the sign of the prophet Jonah. Let's read the rest of that. For Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so the son of man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. All right, now go to Jonah. If you don't know where it is, it's Old Testament about not far from Matthew. Okay, my Bible is page 812, and I wrote that down, so I'm not looking for it for half an hour standing up here on Sunday morning. I have to do that because Jonah. Jonah, baby, Jonah. We know Jonah was a Jew, and God sent him to Nineveh to go preach. But he don't want to go to Nineveh and preach. Because the Jews really don't give a rip whether the Arabs ever get saved or not. Thank you all for y'all's enthusiasm. See, God's always been interested in the whole world, not just the Jewish nation. In Abraham, everyone on the earth would be blessed. God did not give the covenant to to Abraham just for the Jewish people, but for everyone. Okay, that was like a revelation to Peter, right? So so Jonah, and later he says, I... See, here, here, what happened? Jonah preached, and, and, and they repented, and they got right with God because God wants to bless you. He wants to bless you. So Jonah, God didn't pour his wrath out on Nineveh, and Jonah got mad and said, I knew you were going to forgive him. <laughs> I have good news for you, no matter where you are right now. You can turn to God, get washed in the blood, and He'll restore you like you never did anything wrong. Because He's good; He wants to bless you. Okay, now Jonah. Let's read about Jonah. 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 God says to Jonah, in the Lord verse. Um, okay, go to Nineveh, verse two, and cry against their wickedness. Come before me. Joseph rose and fled to Tarshish from the presence of God. <laughs> I ain't doing it. Now let me let me warn you. Some of y'all don't mean to get in no boat, cause you ain't been obeying God. Oh, y'all are just so lively. Now, let me let me give you another bit of truth here, so you'll know. It wasn't a whale. It was a jewfish. Thank you, Angela. Is the only person who got it. You remember Lisa and I knew a friend named Merle Skena, He was a diver. And he took a John boat one time off the coast out there, and he's got this forty-four Magnum spear gun. And he's diving down looking for fish, and he comes up on a bowling ball under the ocean, about that big. And he's looking at this bowling ball, and all of a sudden he sees another bowling ball to the left of it. And then right below the two bowling balls was a cave. And all of a sudden it dawned on him, this is not a cave, this is a fish. And he starts swimming backwards, took his gun, and he shot. It was a Jewfish. 500 pounds Jewfish. Now I want you to imagine a young man coming in towing a 500 pounds fish in a John boat. But that fish almost sucked. And he became bait. Had it not been for his 44 Magnum spear gun. And that's how I learned that it was a Jewfish that got Jonah. So y'all lose. Maybe y'all do need to stay home next week. Now the Lord sent a great wind, verse four, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, and the ship was about to be broken up, and the mariners were afraid, and every man cried out to his God, and they threw cargo in the ship and the sea to lighten the load. But Jonah had gone down to the lowest parts of the ship, and he was fall he's just sound asleep. He just doesn't give a rip. And the captain of the ship said, why are you, what do you mean, you sleeper? Call on God. Perhaps your God will consider and we won't perish. And they said to one another, come let us cast lots and find out what's causing this problem. And they cast lots and it fell on Jonah. And they said, please tell us, what is the cause of this trouble? What is your occupation? Where did you come from? What's your country? What are you doing here? He said, well, I'm a Hebrew. I fear God and who made the sea and dry land. And the men were exceeding afraid and said, why have you done this? And the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord because he told them, and he said that, what shall I do that, you, that, the, that the sea will calm? And the sea is growing more tempestuous. And he said, well, you're going to have to pick me up and throw me in the sea, and the sea will become calm, for I know this tempest is because of me. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to return to land, but they could not. The sea continued to grow more tempestuous than ever before. Therefore, they cried out to the Lord and said, we pray, Lord, please do not let us perish for this man's life. And don't charge us with innocent blood. And they took him and they chunked him in the sea. And the the storm calmed. It says that a fish came along and swallowed Jonah. And I'm going to read this to you. Chapter, it says... um, Verse 17, the Lord prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Now, let me tell you something. He was not alive. He kind of like drowned, right? Okay, if you think that he did, well, you have problems. You don't live in a fish for three days and sit around and go, wonder where we're going. And Jonah prayed to the Lord out of of the fish's belly and said, I cried to the Lord because of my affliction. Out of the belly of hell I cried. Where is he? He's in hell. He's not in a fish. Let me finish reading this. For you cast me to the deep into the heart of the sea, and the flood surrounded me, and all your billows and your waves passed over me. And I said, I have been cast out of your sight. And yes, I will look again toward your holy temple. The water surrounded me, even in my soul. The deep closed around me. Weeds were wrapped around my head. And I went down to the mooring of the mountain, and the earth with its bars closed behind me. Look at that right there and tell me how many mountains and bars are in a fish. There aren't any. Where is he? He's in hell. He's in the region of the damned. Jesus said, as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the fish. So the son of man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. When Jesus died on the cross and he went into the region of the damned, he was there in your place. Now listen to me. If you're not a Christian It'll do you no good, his sacrifice. I want you to know that. God is doing everything in his power to get you alive unto God. He's doing everything he can for your benefit. But he cannot make you submit to God. That's totally up to you. So after Jesus was there for, for three days and three nights, that's when God said, it's enough. And the Spirit of God that went in in the region of the damned and raised him from the dead. The Bible says, if the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me, he will quicken and make alive your mortal body. Now, we understand that the name of Jesus is above every name. Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. I am the only way back to Father God. There are no other way back. Without him, you're lost. Now I've got another scripture for you. Galatians 2.20. Paul, you understand that whenever a man, whenever there was judgment on a nation, the only one that had to die was, Was the king. Once the king was nailed to a cross, as far as God was concerned, the nation died. So when they on the cross that day nailed king of the Jews, he declared him be your king. And as far as God's concerned, you went to the cross. You've already been to the cross. You've already died. And you've already been raised from the dead. Now, that's a powerful truth. I'm going to read it to you. Paul said, I was crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live. But Christ lives in me in the life which I now live in the flesh. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Let's look at one more. Hebrews chapter 1. I was in Russia and, and... I don't know whether you understand what I'm going to say. There's too much preaching today in pulpits about success and having a better life. All of those things are good. They're not bad. But the average Christian has absolutely no idea what Jesus did. Jesus had gone all the world and preached good news. That day Jesus rose from the dead and stepped out of that tomb. Mary said, Rabboni. He said, don't touch me. I haven't gone to my God and your God my Father. He had to take his blood to the Holy of Holies and cover the judgment seat and turn it into a mercy seat so we could enter the throne. That day, that day that he rose from the dead, he walked up to his disciples who were dead in sin. But yet Jesus had paid their debt now. And he looked at them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And he breathed on them like he did Adam. And that man is now born again. All of his disciples received got born again. And he said, go in all the world and preach this good news to everybody you meet. And whoever believes in him will not be damned. And he who does not will be damned already. Why? They don't believe in Jesus. Let's read this. To which of the angels did you say... You're my son. Today I have begotten you. What day is he talking about? Listen to what I'm going to say. Yeah, and in in, 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 as a baby, he is, he's the son of God. But at what time did he stop being the son of God? When did he become sin? Him who knew no sin became sin. So that means that after he took sin and he took our place and he became sin, went into the region of the damned and was in hell for three days. Once he satisfied justice, God raised him from the dead. He raised him from the dead so that you will know that he's accepted you. That's pretty good. See, Easter's not about Jesus. It's about you. He didn't just rise. You did. Amen. To which of the angels said, today I have begotten you. I will be to him a father and he shall be to me a son. And when he again brings the firstborn in the world, he said, let the angels of God worship him. Keep going. And the angels, he said, who makes his angel spirits and his ministers a flame of fire. But to the son, he says, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. Let's go on. You loved righteousness. You hated lawlessness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions. So what happened that day? Jesus rose from the dead and became righteous. Now, you were dead in sin. So if you and Jesus are one person, what does that make you? as righteous as he is. So we are referred to as the bride of Christ. Why is that? Well, we read in Ephesians. You don't need to go over there. But you see, Jesus, 2,000 years ago, there was a wedding. And Jesus walked up to the front and said, Father, I take them to be my bride. Now, I know this sounds going to sound simple to you. It is not hard to get married. The difficulty happens after that. You start learning about becoming one with someone that was very different than you. But I don't care what goes on in a wedding, and I mean the girl has the bridesmaids and they have all the flowers and they have all the singing. All that stuff is good. But what everybody's waiting on is for that girl to walk down that aisle and for that preacher to look at that man and say, do you take her? 2,000 years ago, Jesus turned to you and said, I take you as my bride. And he's waiting on you to go. Me too. I do changes everything. You say, that's pretty simple. I get it. He never made it hard. Right. That day I got born again, I went forward and I said, I believe he died on the cross. I believe he rose from the dead. And I confess Him as Lord. I'm born again. Every devil in me left. All the hell in me left. And from that moment on, God became my daddy, and he became my he, he became responsible for me, and he healed my body, and he got me out of debt, and he took my life from hell on earth to heaven on earth. I came that you'd have life, and life more abundant. I'm going to ask you a question because I don't know who you are. When I was in Russia, and I told you, I started to tell you a story about preachers. And preachers get up in front of pulpit and they just start preaching all kind of American stuff. Well, I'm in Russia and I'm not on the docket to preach because I'm not really anybody. Well, that's what they think. Because I'm not on television. And they came to me and said, Would you mind doing Thursday night? Our guest speaker from America didn't come. I said, I'll do Thursday night. Now, every preacher up until that moment has had three to four or five people saved. Every Monday, three people, four people saved. Monday afternoon, three or four. Monday night, three or four. Tuesday morning, Tuesday afternoon, Tuesday night. And I turned to the guy that went with me and I said, Every center in the building will get let saved tonight. And he said, How are you going to do that? I said, You hide and watch. I got up and preached on the rich man in hell, and I asked him, How many of y'all would like a drop of the living water? Every lost person in the building jumped up and ran to the front. And some, some preacher turned to another preacher and said, Who is he? I heard him and I turned to him and I said, You asked the wrong question. It's not who am I? It's what did I say? The gospel is the power of God. The gospel. It's the power of God. Yes, it is. You can be powerful if you just get the gospel in your mouth. Yeah. And it doesn't matter whether you're a fancy American preacher on TV or not. Amen. The gospel still works. Amen. I'm going to ask you a question because I'm going to do something in a moment. I'm going to ask you that if you're in here and you'd like a drop of water on your tongue, I'm going to ask you to stand up and say, I accept Jesus Christ as the Lord of my life and my Savior. And listen, if I have to beat you into going to heaven, you have a problem. (laughs) If you're back there trying to wrestle, well, hell, let me think of the way. I mean, I think I'll go to hell. I don't know. i got the benefits of that, you know, and i to go to heaven. I mean, don't do that. I understand that maybe you never heard this before. But how many of you, while you're listening to me, would say, I believe he died on the cross. I believe he rose from the dead. How many of you are ready that we're not to say, and I confess him as Lord. How many of you, just show your hand? I want, I want to see. Him go. How many of you right now say, I believe that Jesus is Lord. I believe Jesus is Lord. If you've never prayed that, I want you to do it right now. And I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. Whatever ugly self you came in here with, you're going to leave it right here. Because he's going to come in, and wherever he comes, he rearranges the furniture and makes it better. If you are poor, your days are being poor are over. If you're sick, your days are being sick are over. You say, I just want healing. No, you want Jesus. Well, I want prosperity. No, you want Jesus. Now, let me, let me explain something to you. And I'm going to try my best to explain this in a way. And I know there's people here who like Trump and don't like Trump, but we can all agree he's rich. Can we agree on that? Whether you're a Democrat or a Republican, you can agree these rich. What would you happen if Trump was going down the street and he saw, what's his son's name? name Baron. Barron, and Baron's in a soup line. And Trump goes, Baron, what are you doing? I'm getting something to eat. Get in the car and come home. I'm going to say something to y'all. Get in the car come home. Amen. Your father's rich. Your father loves you. Your father wants to bless you. Your father wants to take good care of you in grand style. Get in the car, Baron, and come home. <laughs> I've been saved for, I've been pastoring this church 34 years today. Amen. And I've got a lot more to go. I have been saved over 45 years. I wouldn't go back to the way I was living for all the tea in China. Because there's three things that are more important than anything. Righteousness, peace, and joy. Come on, baby. You can't buy that at Walmart. (laughs) Say, God is good. Say this with me. I believe that Jesus Christ died on that cross in my place. I believe he went to hell and paid my debt. Now Jesus, come in my heart and be the Lord of my life. I confess that you are Lord. I take eternal life on my tongue in Jesus' name. Now, I'm going to say something to the Christians in here now. You know why you have a problem? Is because you're not rooted in righteousness. Why does the devil beat you? Because he keeps talking to you about your failures. It was never about you. You're not saved because of you. Why did you think that it became about you after you got born again? It's always been about Jesus. I'm going to tell you something. The more your faith is in the blood of Jesus, the better your life is going to be. So if you're having a bad day today and you are a Christian, I want you to tell the devil, I plead the blood. Now you get off of me because I'm washed in the blood. God has never done anything in the earth Apart from blood covenant. But if you mention the blood, heaven will turn its attention to you. Now, I got another group of people in here. You came in here today and you're not living right. Are you ready to get it right? Nothing you're doing will make you happy. I'm looking for a man. You're going to find some old loser and marry him and you're going to wish to God you hadn't. See, if you're a dummy, you're gonna marry a dummy. Dummies marry dummies. Well, the way to not marry a dummy is to quit being a dummy. I'll come over here and preach. And these I'm getting a I'm getting some vibes out of it. Oh right now. God'll bring you somebody. And it'll be a good one. Don't go look yourself. You ain't got enough sense to find one. You're going, oh, she's a fox. You better watch them foxes. They call vixens for a reason. Come on, baby. Marry some wild woman who messed up. As long as you're running your life, your life is, not, I mean, it's not that you're bad. It's just you so dumb. But you can go to the throne room and go, Father, I'm going to need some help right now. I'm going to need some help. And the devil's going to say to you, well, who do you think you are? Well, without the blood, nobody, but because of Jesus. So if you're tired of a life that's just hell on earth, well, then why don't you just quit living like hell? Get born again and start being a Christian like me. Now, I didn't say you're going to get fat and ugly. I just said you'd be a Christian like me. This is because of prosperity. This is Lisa's cooking. So I'm after the second group of y'all, and I want y'all to pray with me. I want some of you to pray with me. I'm serious. I want you to go, you know what, God? I'm about sick and tired of hell. I'm sick and tired of that. That day in that crusade, I looked up and I said, I am so sick of the hell on this earth. I grew up without a father. I didn't have a job, and I was already sick in my body, 22 years of age, and I'm sick of sin. I don't want it anymore. I want out of here. I'm going to tell you something. Life has not been easy, but with Jesus, oh my God. Woo, thank you, Jesus. Bow your head and say, Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father. I'm tired of sin. I'm coming home. There's no reason for me to live like this when you came to give me life. I plead the blood of Jesus. Now tell the devil, say, Satan, get off me. Get off my life. Get off my body. Get off my job. Get off my family. Jesus' name. Now before we close, I have one more thing righteousness gives you the right to walk in the throne room any time you want to. The righteousness you can walk in and God will not chide you. But here's the problem with people. They, they try to figure it out first and then go to God. Don't. Go to God first. Go to him and say, I need help. And I will tell you what will happen. He'll help you. Why? Because he loves you just because he loves you. How do we know that? Well, look what he paid for you. Next time somebody tells you you're worthless, I want you to think of what God paid for you. He shed that blood that day for you. That's how valuable you are. And don't ever let anybody tell you otherwise. Amen. I'm going to close in prayer and turn this over to Lisa. And I want you all after you go home to go home and just Spend time with God and rejoice in what he did for you. And say, my best days days. are ahead of me. Father, thank you this morning for the opportunity to preach your word to your church. And there's probably people here today that came in. They weren't saved when they walked in, and they are now. I'm asking you to bless them and show yourself strong on our behalf. Teach them what it means to walk with you. Teach them what it means and the benefits of walking in your goodness. You said, I came that you'd have life and have it more abundantly. Our days of running from you are over. Our days of drawing near to you and walking with you. And I thank you for what you did for us. That was my cross. That was my punishment. And you took it for me. And I rejoice in the fact that you did. And I'm here today righteous because of you. And I thank you for that, sir. In Jesus' name. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events.